You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. Welcome back to The A-Game, episode eight. I got it right this week. It's a big episode. Big episode. Big we, episode. We, got, we, we got a really big show. We got a really big show. <laughs> it's a really big show. I think we should not do impressions. No. <laughs> That's just, I don't even know what we sounded like, but my first instinct is that we should not do impressions. Wow. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I'll change. You know who would really enjoy impressions? Who's that? Uh, one Joel Hammond. Oh, uh, and where's Joel Hammond today? And Joel Hammond is in New York City, hopefully not running into his arch rival. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a great point. We're not going to yeah. go there, but we In are... the meantime, though. <laughs> in the meantime, in the studio, we've got young Morgan Rooks, who is the voice of the intro. Pinch hitter, and I think, based off the text messages I'm getting from Joel, he's a little bit concerned that you're going to upstage him. Never. I would never upstage Joel. Well, I think unintentional upstaging... Could happen. That's just going to... Yeah, well... Just I, job safe, Joel. Joel is one in a million. He could not be upstaged. Well... Feels like a feels like a heavy ratio. I say that because I sit next to him. I love him. Well, yeah. we'll, let, we'll let the listening audience uh, do the heavy lifting for us and make, <laughs> make, that, uh, make that decision. So if we find out that we automatically pick up 7,000 new listeners... Mm, well, that's I don't know. That's going to be... That's tough. Happens. Hey, sign me up for that problem, right? Yeah. We could be a quad. It could be yeah. fun. It could be a quad, yeah, but we only have three chairs. Joel will have to stand and project his voice. That seems highly passive-aggressive. Yeah, I know. But, you know, he's got to work harder. He does have to work. No, I think we all have to work harder. Yeah, we, we definitely all need episode to. Episode 8, this is actually an unofficial statistic. Okay. But episode 8 is the episode, this is the make-or-break episode, where podcasts either fledgle and die mm-hmm. or go on to massive global success. Well, I'm glad to be here for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why we actually brought you in. We, Joel didn't actually have a client meeting yes. in New York. We sent him off to bring in the big guns. Joel, that's a joke. Did we decide that this would be the episode that we would get Gavin Rossdale? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back, way back in, in my uh, podcast time machine. We threw out a date where we felt like we could get him. I'm not going to tell you that it's not episode eight. And unfortunately, Gavin Rossdale has not agreed to be on the show yet. Well, time will tell. Time Let, will tell. Let's, let's give it a spin with uh, young Morgan Rooks. Mm-hmm. Great. So lots been going on this past week. Lots of stories breaking. Um, talking about advertising, talking about marketing. This is Jim, by the way, for any new listeners. Um, apologies to anyone that gets offended by my tone at times. I've been told that I haven't been nice to people. Joel just specifically. Just, just Joel. That's the real reason why he's not here. Uh, not right. I hope that he isn't faking a trip to New York. No, there was a lot of other people that went with him. This would yeah. be a, this would be a pretty elaborate ruse. Yes. I don't know. Maybe we should follow the uh, the rigid social media channel and see mm-hmm. see if there's any breadcrumbs. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. No. You know, in fact, I think everybody should. I think that'd be a great thing. <laughs> but you know who's been busy this week? Who's been busy this week, James? Uh, one Mark Benioff. Mm, um, yes. Writing checks. Writing Big checks. checks. Big Cash checks. checks. Cash and checks. Actually buying magazines. Yeah. So um, let's throw him on the list of entrepreneurs and very wealthy people that have been in the business of actually purchasing some of the bigger names in, in um 
can we call it print? We can call it print, right? You can you can call it print. I think more accurately, it's like the historical staples of journalism. Ooh, that's yeah, heavy. big. That's really heavy. Uh, yeah. Let's, so Washington Post, obviously Bezos. Bezos. So can can we put Michael Bloomberg on that list? Did I he think buy Michael, Business Week first? Michael before? Bloomberg is the wealthiest man in the state of New York. Mm. That's a fact. Uh, I think he's fifty billion dollars, something to that effect. So yeah, I think that. That is an accurate representation. But what does it mean? Yes. And then you've got um, then you got jobs. I, I, I say I, I say it like um, like I know her. Yeah. Like, oh, you know jobs. Yeah. You know, jobs picked up the uh, the Atlantic. Uh, Lorraine Powell Jobs yes. purchased the Atlantic and um, she's also contributed some money towards ProPublica, a couple other you know, do-getter sites mm-hmm. for the most part, but there's a trend that is forming here all of yep. a sudden. And I don't know if it's one of those things like when, you know, Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post and everybody's like, what are you doing? It's a dying newspaper, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, you know, he who laughs last laughs loudest. Now he's big money. <laughs> We're not talking Bloomberg money. Well, is it Bloomberg money? It's bigger he's, than Bloomberg. He's 150, I think the 154 billion. So Amazon this past week became the second company within a month to have a valuation of a trillion dollars. Wow. So yeah, he's got more money than anybody on the planet. That's kind of his claim to fame, although he's gonna have to cash in a bunch of stock to get it. Wow. If he just wanted to buy something that was worth $154 billion, but that's neither here nor there. But I think it, it's articulating, and so this is the thing that we've been going back and forth on, is what does this mean? And I will throw out the question. So last. 10, maybe even 15 years, proliferation of social media has made the depth of content that gets created significantly more superficial. We have character limits. We have a lot of very, very superficial writing. This is consequently along with other things. Yeah. This is not Jeff's opinion. This is not Jeff's opinion. This This is is fact. fact. This is, amongst other things, put many journalists out of business as digital becomes the forefront of the way of getting content to people. Um, but I add, the question I ask is, so are we seeing you know, journalism as a profession? I'm not saying the quality of it per se, but journalism has dipped. Many journalism, journalists have, have been let go from their papers. Are we back on the upswing? Are we seeing a time in media where content is about to, you know, the backlash, the one end of the spectrum is it's, you know, 280 characters, it's extremely short, it doesn't have a lot of detail. Are we going back the other way where these kind of titans of industry, these tech titans, see that there is a tremendous amount of value in now these undervalued uh, assets, Time Magazine, Washington Post, so on and so forth, Business Week. And are we swinging back up into a, a journalistic renaissance? Or is this strictly just a, do you like journalistic renaissance? That was good, came off the cuff. Yeah. Um, or are we, is this just a matter of the people with the most liquid dollars see that these outlets are now such a good deal that you can't pass up buying them? So is it, we're about to get a lot more depth of content? Or is it just, hey, we, you know, I $190 million for Time Magazine and all its assets seems like a steal. I'd like to argue the former, or I'd like to believe the former, but I open it up 
to the panel? I mean, I really think it can be both. I can think it can be a situation where, you know, they value journalistic content. They see the value in long form content, but also it's coming in at a price that it's kind of like, why not? Why not? Well, but this, so this goes in with a, a couple of other things. See, I lean back. This is where Mike will yell at me. Um, elbows down. Elbows down. So this, this, so obviously Amazon Bezos vehicle has one of the most prolific content producers. So, you know, he certainly gets the value outside of just being e-commerce. He looks and he sees, okay, I'm creating original content. That original content has value. For somebody like him, the Washington Post doesn't strike me as such uh, an unnatural extension. The Benioff instance to me is a little bit more curious and probably more to your point mm-hmm. of it's part values, it's, it's he just part pointed, value. He just pointed to Morgan. I did point to Morgan. For uh, any listeners. <laughs> but the Benioff one Not is... Me. I didn't say anything. SaaS sales platform jump to, you know, I you know this this mantle of journalism throughout, you know, at least our lifetimes. Hmm. So I'm curious. I, I don't know what it means. I'm very curious about it. I, I think this is a, a really interesting thing. I, you made the point earlier, Jim, about when Bezos bought the Washington Post, he's actually grown it pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. How so? Yeah. I mean, when you take a look at what he's done, he's he's grown the overall property so we've gotten to a point where given the month, and it may fluctuate from time to time, but there's been several months where the Washington Post actually got more eyes and impressions on a monthly basis than the New York Times. It's interesting. Whereas if you get into your DeLorean and you go back six years, that would have been a ridiculous thought. But they've actually increased the volume of content on the site, and they've also invested heavily into finding alternative ways to get people to come back to the site. Okay. So, and we see that on the advertising side of the shop here. We've worked with Washington Post for quite some time. They routinely come out with more advertiser-friendly formats to use within their digital channels. What does that mean? As a non-digital strategist that you two are. So... There's, there's different ways that you can buy ad space online. There is the traditional banner ad, um, you know, the bane of most people's existence. We, You know, the sad, the sad clown. <laughs> sad we clown should, smiling yeah. we on the outside. Sad clowns. Smiling on the outside. The, um, you know, the USA Today of digital advertising. No, wah, wah. Oh, The original programmatic newspaper. OG. Ad. OG. Um, then you've got native advertising, which is essentially promoting content. Mm-hmm. So your own content or brand studio created content, and then you've got video. But what they've done is they've found ways to package some of this up in kind of shiny bows, you know, doing content towers, finding different ways to provide more immersive brand experiences yeah. within the ad space on their pages, and doing so in a way that it's affordable as opposed to pricing you know, certain advertisers outside of that. Um, kind of like the, you know, the New York Times has been known for really high premium inventory. The Washington Post, it, it's a little bit easier for an advertiser mm-hmm. to buy the, the meaningful space. Wall Street Journal, historically really pricey, almost to the point where 
You know, you have to kind of scratch your head a little bit. There's other ways that you can buy the space. But they've done things that have opened the doors to more advertisers. And as they continue to grow the volume on the site, they continue to invest in those tools and resources. So when you take that into account, and then you take into account that they've got, um, you know, a page gate, essentially, on their app, where you're a paid subscriber, and you can do that if you provide good content. Yeah. You know, so he's double dipping now. He's got the advertising side, which now a lot of these, um, and I'm soapboxing, so I apologize, but. Don't apologize. If you believe, you shout it from the rooftops. That's right. <laughs> if your intentions are pure, you should never apologize. <laughs> so that's almost, that should be a door quote. Ooh. Yeah, that like actually money, should. money, don't make money. Yeah. Like, actually, you can win them all. T-shirts to come soon. Yeah. So um, just <laughs> remember to follow us on our social channels, by the way. Because we, we're about to start leaking out these, yeah, these, these T-shirts and door quotes yeah. as soon as I can find the money to print them yeah. because the world needs to see these. If anyone yeah. likes to donate screen printing, contact yes. us. Yeah. So the A-game logo and scared money don't make money needs to be on a t-shirt yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Temporary so, tattoo. Temporary, temporary, temporary tattoos. Tattoo. Tem- temporary tattoos for kids. T's and T's. There you go. I like that. Tats and T's coming at you. So if you want to walk around with wisdom on your body, go for it. Temporary wisdom. It doesn't have to be full-time wisdom. Well, I mean, you know, why, why limit we're only limited by our minds. We are. <laughs> we're only limited by our minds. But anyway, um, a lot of these properties, where I, what I was getting to is they're investing in advertising services that are actually creative services where they're doing promoted content. So you've got promoted content, brand studio work, which you can charge a premium for. They do really slick, really good-looking stuff. Mm-hmm. The same tonality really feeds to their audiences. You've got these um, paid gates, and then you've got the traditional advertising. All of a sudden, it's, you know, instead of saving an institution like, you know, Benioff's planning to do, they're actually starting to print money out of this stuff. So, so I, I, Morgan, I will then pivot to you. So as these become sources of depth of content, Nobody goes to the Washington Post or New York Times to get, you know, a page six gossip comp. Do these become even more powerful channels? Does it become the Netflix of journalism where we go there for immersive content? Do these become the places that we go for our news content? Are we coming back up out of maybe a doldrum, a low in, in journalistic history? I'm speaking more from an employment <laughs> standpoint. The doldrum. Um, the doldrum. You like doldrum? But it, do you think, is there any is there any credence to that? Is there something, are we coming back? I think so. I think you can't just run on ads alone. People are coming for content and people aren't going to pay for subpar content. So it's kind of that whole concept of a rising tide lifts all boats. You get more money from advertising, you can channel that money that you're making into better content, mm-hmm. into more journalists, into more in-depth pieces. So I think, yeah, it's true. Well, there's there's a very interesting linearity to all of this to me. So uh, there's a Netflix, or no, I'm sorry, it's a Showtime series. Um, you know, following the new the New York Times. Um, mm. You're laughing at a lot of the words I'm using today. I'm just... I think it's because Joel is not here to point out you saying from your perspective. Um, Actually, that was me who pointed it out the that's first time. That's true. So. That's true. She's. Um... 
But so the linearity to me, which I used twice on purpose, of, you know, so you've got a platform like Showtime. So are we just getting the new media companies of tomorrow across all channels? Mm -hmm. Are they just, is this how they're forming? So the print outlets of those, the ones doing the heavy investigative work up front that are ultimately going to spin into visual displays of whatever, is this, is this just that? Is this just those people saying, I know I need to create content. I know my organizations need to create content. I need the people who do the best, most diligent uh, piece of it because now you know you post anything and it's gonna get ripped apart mm-hmm. every way possible from anybody who's got a screen, which is everybody. So is this, is this just the natural extension of the, the people who are making visual content for those channels needing the people up front, the investigative journalist, to really source the material? Hmm. Well, that's an interesting question. I pose that we do a focus group of three. Ooh, you, like guys, you guys down with this? Sure. We've got, we've got three takers, including myself. Yeah, yeah. Bing. <laughs> All right. Was that, is that the noise you're going to make? Oh, here comes, here comes Mark. Is that the noise you're going to make when You know, it's... it would be great if Joel would have made a sign for the door. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to that later. Um, How many paid subscriptions do you guys have? Morgan, you go first, but you have to do the bing. Okay. Oh, off the top of my head, um, maybe four or five. Bing. Wow. (laughs) Care to share? Um, This is a judgment-free zone, Morgan. Unless Uh, I'm being judged. Definitely Hulu, Netflix, HBO. Um, Trying to think if there's any else. That might be it. That might just be three. So I think all of mine are going to live in the same general vicinity. I, I three to five. It's Netflix, uh, Directv now. Um, HBO Go. Mm-hmm. I mean, but oh, Amazon Prime. As Amazon well. Prime. I always yeah. forget uh, yeah, Amazon right? Prime as a content. It's just become generated. such a ubiquitous part of yeah. my life that I don't even think about it. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe three to five. Yeah. I feel like people are born with Amazon Prime memberships now. Yeah, you're, you're kind of born into it. This is particularly driven to me by my absolute deep-seated hate for anything cable TV. Yeah. Where I have to get 900 channels that tell me nothing that I want to hear, but i got to flip through them to get to the stuff that I want. Mm-hmm. So having an outlet like HBO Go, HBO, whatever the one I have is, and then DirecTV now the app where I only get the like 25 channels that I actually want. And I, that to me makes all the sense in the world. Well, think about this. And I, I'll weigh in with my list, which is probably going to be more extensive and I'm embarrassed by it. Well, because the auto market games. Yeah. Well, <laughs> MLB TV. Yeah. Um, I do have Hulu, although mm-hmm. the good folks at Hulu have provided me with a, a comp. Ooh. So, thank you. Hashtag ad. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> hashtag ad. Thank you, Morgan. Um, I've got Netflix. I've got Amazon. I'm on The Athletic. Mm-hmm. I've got New York Times. Oh, boy. Here we go. Wow. I guess what I'm getting at is we've become desensitized to paying for content. Yeah. yeah. To the point in which it's difficult for the three of us to come up with a concrete list of what we're actually paying for. That's very interesting. So when you think about that and you couple that with um, the fact that there's 
all these great content sources. Maybe it's not a one-size-fits-all type situation. Sure. Yeah. But if you find something of value and they charge a low enough bar for it, chances are on a whim you could subscribe to it and walk away from it and not think about yeah, it. I agree. I think we may have become desensitized to paid subscriptions. You know, if there was an app for um, actually showing you how much money is going out the door on a monthly basis. You just want an aggregator? Yeah, just no, like, I just is. want the truth. Well, they're, it's called know. your bank account. No, there's actually, I get an ad on Instagram all the time. I can't even tell you what the product is. So um, whatever app you are, you're not doing a very good job. But it does actually tell you where your money's going on a monthly basis. Oh, okay. Um, I see but, you app with no name. But there you go. I mean, yeah. I know what the app does. I don't know what the app is. That's so that's, that's a big problem. That sounds like an opportunity. So brand manager out there, we know you're listening. You've got a fantastic product. The fact of the matter is people don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Might I recommend the AdCom group? <laughs> we build meaningful brand relationships. Oh, God, I didn't get that right. You didn't get that oh right. Oh, my God. No. Digital strategist, just a phone call away. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's even better. But I, so there are two things precipitated this conversation. Meeting Meaningful audience relationships there for great brands. There you go. Nice job, Sparky. Jeff made me nervous. I did make you nervous. I looked directly into your eyes longingly. Um, <laughs> but to me, one of the things that, so in Joel's absence, um, I'll take up the sports mantle on this, is I think it has been... Um, I think athletes, particularly being the tip of the spear on this, being able to take things like the athletic uninterrupted and make their own platforms mm-hmm. outside of traditional uh, sportswear deals, outside of traditional Procter and Gamble, you know, Mark Pritchard deals that people would make. Like your traditional app, people now have enough of a platform and enough of a reach to monetize themselves without a conduit. So we've seen LeBron, we've seen a handful of other people take that and turn it into a really impressive marketing channel. Now, I I will say LeBron is so far ahead of almost anybody on this, but so his cover of The Hollywood Reporter this week was LeBron in LA with his production company functionally or some subset of the people at his production company behind him. So, you know, people with these platforms of a sport now have an outlet, which shows that people want to be closer to those people. People want to know more depth. People don't just care about what you say on Twitter or Facebook or what you post on Instagram. It's all a part of it, without a doubt, but they want depth on these people. And the 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 you know piece of social media that has always lacked is people's ability to go beyond just what that short snippet is and now they're controlling the narrative about themselves and I think that is where everything is going you control the narrative about yourself your team controls the narrative about your team Um, one of our co-workers Adam Zaccaro forwarded an article onto us earlier this week where um, you know a legendary sports writer has been hired on uh, as an executive at 
um, at, at a, an NBA team, uh, LA Clippers, I believe it was. And you Lee know, Jenkins. Lee Jenkins. Yep. And the thrust of that is they want to control the narrative about themselves. I mean, the Clippers have had a tumultuous five years, to say the least. But they want to control the narrative about themselves. I think, and and he equated Adam equated this a lot to, um, you know, Billy Bean and analytics coming into sports. I think, much like Adam did, that this is the next kind of wave of that. Is you're looking at people having the platform and the reach and the technology to be able to push out the narrative about themselves, mm-hmm. not just letting the media make it up. And I. I applaud that because I particularly don't love the sports media and the way, you know, the constant need to cover the most minute of angles on things. I understand it, but I don't love it as a consumer. So here's a question. Mm, is that. is owning the platform, is having an outlet for content creation the new endorsement deal? Oh, man. That, jeez. Is this her first episode? I can't believe it is. Oh my God! That is. She just said, "Oh, hey Jeff, by the way, here's some real, here's some real yeah. shit right you want here." Some, you want some insight? Yeah, got well, it. Yeah, that was a oh. mic drop. That was a mic drop. <laughs> that was a mic drop, and that is a fascinating question. I think it might be. I think it actually might be because we often talk at the agency level about the blending of um, message and, and media coming together, but. These people are the media and the message. Absolutely. Especially when you talk about the NBA. Absolutely. Which yeah. has done a better job than anybody. Yeah. Adam it, Silver is a media god. Yeah. And LeBron James, you know, you might be with the Lakers. Personally, I feel like it's more of a TV show than, you know, a career choice. But that's the next phase of his career. He's yeah. obvious. He's made that obvious in yeah. the fact that, you know, you didn't go to the Houston Rockets to win next year no you could have you went the next phase of your life of your career has begun and it's not about winning championships and i god bless him on that yeah you know i'm he's he's made a choice to make a tv show about barbershops as which is by the way is good which is a good show very good yeah i love it and more power to him i mean he is making money for his entire entourage and a lot of people he's no michael jordan Oof, God, no says more. the guy from Chicago. All right. Speaking we, of endorsement deals. Can we pivot, says the guy from Chicago. Oh, my God. Not, Don't eat. We, we're not getting. Is that, is that too political? Yeah. The first time that Morgan comes on the show, you're going to go Jordan versus LeBron. I don't want to do this right now with That's you. Not a, it's not a debate. Not with company. Not I mean, I think it's it's <laughs> apples to oranges. We're talking about a guy who endorsed underwear. Ooh. Ooh. Endorses. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, you know what kind of underwear I'm wearing right now? I don't really want to know. No. That was just, no. yeah, that sounded really no. bad. Is it Hanes? It's Hanes. I, okay. I didn't no. mean it to come out that way. It did. It did come out that way. It did. Now now everyone's yeah. blushing. Yeah, you've alienated people. Mm. Wow. This is <laughs> awkward silence. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I was going to send this to my mom, but not anymore. Your mom loves me. I think she would love this. Uh, your mom. My mom loves both of you. It's fine. Yes. All right. Yeah, she'll think it's great. Does she listen to the show? Um, I think she will now. She has, yes. Yes. That actually brings up an interesting point. We should have her on the show. We should have her on the show. Yes. And also, also, next week, you will be able to get to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Oh, my goodness. So we will be proliferating that audience. Thanks once again to Morgan Rooks for opening our eyes. 
uh, Spotify, we're we're still uh, we're still turning that dial a little bit, but mm. uh, we need to be we need to be where where the people are. Yeah, and and you know what? I'm just gonna go out and say it. I know it was brought up before. Mm-hmm. I have an Android phone. That's too bad. Yeah. So I use Stitcher. So <laughs> so I'm very excited about this. Well, you know what? It's it's a good user interface. I think we've we've been in in a short seven episodes now, soon to be eight. We've seen a pretty cool response uh, from listeners, from clients, from friends. Uh, so we want to move it out into the world a little bit more, which we will be doing. Um, so as always, uh, go to those social channels, the Adcom Group, um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where you can see Michael Paukst spin his opus yes. of visual truth about our agency. Um, but. One of the things I think we would like to solicit are, what would you like to hear? What are the listeners of the Mm A-game, although maybe a scant few now, what I would like to call early adopters in probably six months that will be ahead of the game, uh, what should we be talking about? Um, We do a lot of reading during the week. We do a lot of talking during the week about what's relevant. Um, I'm particularly bullish on this topic today. Um, And I think it'll probably come up in the future, but we would love to hear from you all what you would like to hear uh, outside of us getting three independent mics. Yeah, which would be nice. Which would be nice. Which would be nice. Quick fire before we leave. New York Times. Yep. ESPN. Yep. USA Today. Yep. Launching motion-based advertising. I'm going to give you both one emotion, and I want you to give me a product that fits. Go to Morgan emotion. first. She's better with oh, this. Oh, here we go. Go to Morgan first. Okay, Morgan. First one up. Curious. Books. Do you need to go specific product? Specific product? The like, rules are there are no rules. Oh, that's a great point. Barnes and Noble? I don't know. Mm. Oh, you I think don't the, like right, the right answer was... <laughs> no rules, but the right answer is no rules except for the right answer. The right was. answer is um, George. It was great <laughs> appearing on the A game. You'll never hear from me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So no. it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. What so was the Jeff, emotion? Yeah, yeah. Emotion for you. Mm-hmm. Shame. Oof. God, right now I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. Ooh boy. I got to tell you. That, Ooh boy. I, do you know Ooh how much boy. that hurts me? As a 36-year diehard fan of this organization, mm-hmm. I know we'll rebound, but it hurts right now, and yeah. I do feel a little shamey. Yeah. Well, the rules are there are no rules. Ooh, you can, I, I, can we can we turn there the was tables? One, there oh, was boy. one that oh, there, I had a second one, which I should have been my first one. Uncrustables. For shame. Yeah, I could eat about four of those. Oh, hand over fist without batting an eye. Mm. And that is a little shamey. All right, I want to give Jim a word, an emotion. Oh, boy. Jim Loathing. doesn't have emotion. Loathing <laughs> is your word. Loathing? Oof. You're not allowed to say the Green Bay Packers. No, I would never say that. I would never utter those words. Ah, okay. I would never pollute my mouth with words like that. Smart. Um, loathing. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to go with. No, I'm I'm stumped. He really that was I thought that pause was gonna do one of two things. That was either gonna create just a moment of supernova epiphany 
or you were gonna absolutely be a flat tire and I'm, you flat tire. I'm at a loss for words. That's I think if, if I'm gonna go loathing, I'm I'm probably I'm thinking about Totino's pizza rolls. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I'm gonna go way back into the uh, the dark vault. I'm yeah. not gonna lie to you, I've had a Totino's pizza roll in the last month. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, that's real life. Really? I will say though, if, if it was self-loathing, yes, because I Ooh, think that's a good point. after you eat Tostino's pizza rolls, not that I don't love you guys, you do have a little bit of self-loathing. Yeah, mm. I was my whole my, everything. I was like was going straight Hunter S. Thompson. Mm. Oh, then yeah. I went to Johnny yes. Depp, and then I went to Pirates of the Caribbean, which was going to be my answer to loathing. Rum, mm. extension of yeah, pirates. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pirates. No. Eye patches, no. peg legs. No, I think it's black and milds. Mm. But oh, anyway, oh, anyway, yeah, nice that work. does sound good. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about it next week when you're going to hear from either one of uh, the two now competing members, <laughs> Morgan Rooks, young Morgan, or Joel. Joel, we're going to find out, you know, who's really driving the uh, the listens this week. So vote for me. <laughs> we'll, we'll have Spread Mike Tops put in, put in uh, a poll up on Instagram. Who would you prefer to hear next week? You know what? No, I take this completely back because I'm only one week away from having the same treatment from somebody else. Look at the demonic look in his eyes right no, now. No, it just occurred to me that we didn't cold knock. Well, that's, we don't have the, uh, Joel really, I mean, cold knock kind of flows so organically through him. I'm going to cold knock Joe. Oh my Joel. goodness, great. I called him, I called him Joe. Okay. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Sorry, Mom. Talk next week. Bye.